Hey, welcome or welcome back to the Uncomfortable Is Okay podcast. I'm your host, Chris Desmond. This is a show where we try and figure out how to get better at doing the hard, uncomfortable stuff that makes life exciting. Today, I'm joined by Thomas Maharaj. And this is Tommy's second appearance on the podcast. His first was back in episode 57 about three years ago. Be really interesting for you guys to have a listen to that episode because you get a lot of Tommy's backstory um, and dealing with the brain tumor and operations and all of the exciting work that he was up to at the time. But this focus, the focus of this conversation is more on the project that he's working on at the moment called I'm In, which is is going to be reasonably revolutionary, and we'll get into it in in more depth later. But it's not just the project itself, it's it's all the ins and outs and the difficulties surrounding it and the challenges that he's that he's facing with it as well, which is, is part of the process that's not always talked about that much when someone's working on something big. So I really hope you enjoy listening to Tommy and I have a chat today. Tommy Maharaj, welcome back to the Uncomfortable Is Okay podcast, buddy. Awesome. It's Thanks been, for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's been <laughs> three years since uh, we sat down almost to the day, I think, where I released this one, I think, on the 6th of, of June, and we're recording this on the 4th of June, and actually, like, this is the first podcast back in person. Like, I've been doing all the other ones virtually because yeah, of wow. lockdown, Lucky me. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's nice, mate. It's nice. And I mean, there's a there's been a little bit of water under the bridge since we last caught up, uh, I think 200 and maybe 250 episodes or something. Wow. So <laughs> not everyone listening will be familiar with your backstory. Um, do you want to just give us a little bit of a, a brief bio about yourself? Sort of where are you from? Where did you grow up? What's your what's your kind of professional background? And last time our, our conversation, uh, we talked a lot about um, brain tumor and recovery as well. So maybe just a snippet on on the background around that and, and where you're at with it at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, thanks so much for having me back, Chris. Some absolute pleasure to be here, man. It's great to be in your house as well after after lockdown, of course. And yeah, lucky us being in beautiful New Zealand at the moment. Uh, mm. A bit of a, yeah, absolutely. Um, a bit of a background about me. Uh, so yeah, at, at the moment, I'm, I'm 27. Last time we talked, I was um, 24 and, and still sort of we're working in a corporate environment, um, which is really interesting. And um, yeah, some massive changes over the last sort of few years, of course, you know, taking some massive strides and leaps and going out on my own. Um, to try to make a, a sort of a big difference in, in the world. And, um, you know, um, back, back then I had sort of recovered, as you mentioned, from, um, you know, from, from a brain operation that I had undergone when I was um, in my earlier 20s um, and made some, you know, some, some great recoveries now, which is awesome. Um, still not quite there, but absolutely getting there, of course. Um, it's sort of an, an ongoing thing. Um, but, yeah, it's um it's been been an awesome journey to date, and um just really grateful about about the progress as well. So, yeah, I guess thinking back to that and, and what I've sort of gone through, it's really framed about where I want to go into the future and um, frame some of the decisions I've made more recently. So, 
Um, my background is in sales. It's in recruitment. It's in partnership management within Charitable Trust here in New Zealand. It's been around scaling and growing programs across the country to create better outcomes for young New Zealanders. Um, and with all of those experiences, it's now framed um, a new organization that I've just kickstarted called IMIN. Um, which is all about um, creating a, a platform which will hopefully scale across New Zealand and help young people get free um, access to industry-led education um, across the country, um, accessible and, and close to their own homes. Mm. And we've just been talking about that, and it, uh, it looks very exciting and, and pretty revolutionary. Um, and I think this, this was kind of a – this was an inkling last time we talked that this is this is something that I want to do. This is the, the kind of vision in the in the future. Um, how have things evolved for you in in terms of your thinking around it from that point to today? Yeah, really good question. I think um, time creates you know a really good opportunity to process things. Some of the experiences I've had in the past, where I've just seen young people in very vulnerable situations. Um, even some of the opportunities I've had to just be in funding conversations, um, not just in corporate environments, also in government um, conversations, um, where I've just seen challenges around sort of reporting situations. The time that I've had that's lapsed between those those moments um, has really given me time to reflect. And it's made me think about how we can do things better. Um, and that time has really been a bit of a cornerstone for me to look at the processes that we could implement into the the um, IMIN platform that we've been building um, just to create you know better outcomes for young people. So um, I'm sure once we bring IMIN to life, you'll see um, how we've managed to sort of tap into um, better impact reporting processes in order to, um, you know, try to create better outcomes for young people. And I'm interested in, in kind of how you think about the relationship with time as mm. well. Like last time, last time we talked, I mean, the, the, the vision was there and the passion was there and, and obviously it's a lot more concrete now but it's been it's been three years with that mm. uh, and a lot of people I imagine would have got impatient <laughs> in that time um, I'm wondering if that that happened to you at all but also kind of how you how you think about time and, and think about kind of the need the practicality of that this is going to be a slow process and I need to give it space. How do you wrestle <laughs> with that in your head? Because you probably want it done now. Oh, absolutely. I get impatient all the time, Chris. Um, it's a very difficult thing to, to wrestle with personally. Um, one of the biggest challenges I have is just managing the different priorities I have personally. And um, I have to take a back seat at times. So... Um, one of those is just, you know, personally around things like, you know, in September last year, giving up your job to just go um, full time into something that you really care about. And that can be a really tough thing to do at times. Um, you know, there's lots of pressures involved, both, you know, when I think family, work, um, the different environments that you have in, in life. And when you just really want to go hard and into something, um, you just have to put these competing priorities and just really think about what really matters most to you. Um, and that's a constant thing that always pops up and every second, every third week, <laughs> I'm always thinking like, oh my gosh, I need to give up this. I need to just go and grab a full-time job. Um, that always pops up into my mind. Um, 
And every time that comes up, I always have to think of every time I take something on, what am I letting go of? And too often when I go through those motions, that looks to me like it would be I'm in or, and when I think about I'm in in those moments, it's the outcomes of I'm in. It will be giving up on the outcomes that I'm trying to create for young people. It would be um, the outcomes that I believe I'm in would create for New Zealand and for young people, hopefully more globally as well. Um, so that's always in the back of my mind. And it's when I think of those outcomes that it actually stops me from actually pursuing anything else. Um, yeah, but it is a very tough thing to grapple with. Um, when it comes to the patient side of things, it is um, it is understanding that it is a slow process, of course. Um, you, you do have to get your head around that. But honestly, when I have moved fast into things, um, I have found that actually it's um, you're actually sacrificing what the outcome will be. So even though I have moved fast, I've realized at times that what I'm actually trying to do from an outcome perspective, it actually just is not achieving the right outcomes. And I'm going straight back to stage one, back to prototyping, um, back to the drawing board and trying to redevelop um, impact report, uh, report measurements, um, different strategies. I'm, I'm going back to doing um, survey data and, and the rest of it. Um, so it is really important to take your time and make sure that you do things um, really well um, every step of the way. Otherwise, you know, if you shortcut it, um, you're never really going to get the outcome you want. So yeah. it is a patience game. Yeah. How many times has that process happened for you in terms of having <laughs> to go back to the drawing countless, board? Countless, yeah. countless, countless. Every single week we're back at the drawing board about something. And of course, it's um, not just me on this journey, you know, along the way I've met some incredible people that share this passion as well and um it's amazing because i've found that the people that are really so passionate um you know they've really stuck onto this journey and some of those people have been around working with me on this for you know upwards of two years some of them which have which has just been incredible so to have that kind of tight-knit team stuck to this vision um, along this journey, it's really exciting to be able to pull something off that's so incredible with such a, a genius group of Kiwis. Mm, that's awesome, man. And I mean, you you talked a lot about kind of the outcomes and what you're what you're wanting to achieve for the youth of New Zealand here. Like, what is what are those outcomes? Like, what are you hoping that this will do? Yeah, um, I want to see industry led education free and accessible for every young Kiwi in the country. Um, on top of that, we want to inspire industry um, to become educators for our young people, and we want to make it really easy for them to do it. And when we say really easy for them to do it, um, we want to take away a lot of the, the hard costs of being an educator. We want to make it rewarding for them to do it. And we want to make sure that when they are, um, are educating young people, if they want to call that CSR, um, which we hope that is the, the new norm of corporate social responsibility, um, that when they are doing it, that that doing is very meaningful and it can be measured. So how do we measure helping young people in their own community? Um, that's really important. Um, a third outcome would be creating very robust pathways for young people into either education or employment. And in a post-COVID world, it's so important that we do this now because we feel um, from, from all the metrics that we're looking at, 
is that young people right now need to be very connected um, to employers. Um, they are competing against, you could say, people that are, are quite frankly right now, you know, they've lost their jobs and they're very skilled, um, which marginalizes young people even further than they ever have been before. So how do we create ways for young people to be engaged with employers? And we feel that we've got an answer for that with IMIN. And um, yeah, if we can if we can gamify it, if we can make it fun, um, and if we can if we can uh, create ways that we allow um, industry to play an integral role in being educators and reward them for it, um, we think we've got a pretty good solution for New Zealand. Mm. It sounds real cool. It looks real cool as well. And Thank you. In, in terms of, <laughs> that like, I could show you it. Yeah, in terms of all the stuff that that you're talking about, from like from a practical aspect, that all makes sense. And you're like, yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be good. Yeah, that'd be great for New Zealand. Why do you care about this so much, though? Like, what's the driving force behind you? Because these are cool outcomes. <laughs> but why you? Why here? Why now? Yeah, there's probably um, a few different driving factors um, for me that really has instigated um, why I really want to to build and do IMIN. Um, I guess um, just being really real with you, um, what I went through in my early 20s um, really framed my thinking around the purpose around my life. Um, and I'm not sure if I mentioned this in a previous podcast with you, but um, yeah, when I was in, in the hospital and obviously... Um, having the the um the brain operation I did have in my early twenties, I started to think a lot more about legacy and the purpose of my life and things. And um, yeah, it really framed for me to think about you know what really mattered to me. Um, and I guess the learnings I got out of that was about legacy. It was about giving thanks. It was about being really proud about the things that I'm doing with my life. Um. And I guess the, the key thing for me out of that was around the impact and the difference I really wanted to make on the, in, in the world. And um, while I was in the hospital, I started a project um, called the Knowledge Bank, which was about, um, you know, the Knowledge Bank was about providing books to, to children who, who just didn't really have the opportunity, um, opportunities that I did when I was a kid. You know, my parents read me lots of books, <laughs> which was exciting and great and fun. Um, but I realized that there was a lot of kids that actually just didn't have those opportunities. And for me, they were just so basic and it was almost a, a right and a privilege that I had. Um, so from my hospital bed, I started the Knowledge Bank providing books to schools and MRIs. And I rang up a book calls and I provided those books and distributed them out to, through, through the council to different schools and MRIs. And it was, and it was great. And I think that's where sort of the whole idea around I'm in sort of started actually. It was from the thought that, if this was my last day on earth, what have I actually left behind? What have I? What am I actually leaving? What have I got to be proud of? And I couldn't really think of much at that time. Um, and that's where the whole concept around I'm in really started to formulate, I believe, all the way back then, um, which is really exciting um, when I think of it now, because without that experience, I don't know if I'd really be doing these really interesting and exciting um, things that I think can actually make a difference in the world. Um, on top of that, I think my family, um, you know, my mum and my dad have really um, instilled really great values in me as a person about what's really important with life. Um, I don't think money only gives you so much happiness. Um, I've always been quizzed on that. Like, why don't you just create an empire and make lots of money out of it? And I think, yeah, money, money can be great, but for me, it's always about creating impact. Um, 
and for me, it's just about creating something that I believe can make an enormous impact for a whole lot of a whole lot of people, and that's how I kind of measure success. And I've always done that. I think maybe I was born that way or something. I don't know. But um, when I when I think about the different environments I've been in, you know, not just the 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 sort of the the brain operation stuff, but even before that, even in school and things, I've been in different environments um, where I've always been inspired by just helping other people. Um, and that's the stuff that's really set my heart on fire. So to be able to do more of that um, is a real privilege, a real honor. And um, that's the stuff that really gets me out of bed in the morning. Um, so hopefully that kind of answers your, your mm. question a bit more. <laughs> yeah, 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 it does. It does. And it's it's really awesome to hear that stuff and, and to kind of connect with you on it as well. Because I think um, – like for for you, obviously, passion is such a big part of mm. of the work you do, and like it comes across in, in how you're communicating and and uh, and like just how your how your body moves when you start to talk about the stuff, which is thank you, which is really cool. Um, and I think that's that's potentially a topic that um, people have been thinking a little bit more about during this lockdown and this COVID period is like, it's almost been a, a big shock to the, the system mm. at a societal level for us, I think, and has just started hopefully a few people on the process about like, what really lights me up here? What gives me that twinkle in my eye? Is it going and doing this job or is there some other stuff that is, uh, that would light me up a little bit more. And maybe for those people who are just kind of starting to think about about that, like what am I passionate about? Actually, is this the direction that I want to be taking taking my life in? I mean, you're a little way down the track on this journey yourself now. For someone just starting out, what sort of questions that should they be asking themselves or what should they be thinking about? Yeah, really good question, Chris. Um, from my experiences, and if I think about literally the thousands now of young people that I've met, um, and not just young people, actually, people of all ages, may I just correct that, um, it's been situated around the problems that they've seen in the world, I think, mm. um, in a big way. Um, and I think a really good place to start if you're trying to become, I, I, I sense, and hopefully I'm hitting the mark here when it's about becoming more purpose-driven mm. in some way, shape, or form. Um, I think it could be around just starting to understand what are the problems in the world that I really care about or I'm trying to solve. So if you can start to understand or you're actually seeing these problems play out, I think it's about understanding how can I be part of the solution. Um, even when building out programs across New Zealand, um, as part of the, the future leaders program through inspiring stories that I, that I sort of helped to, to fund and sort of bring to life, um, a few years ago, um, that program was all about tapping into adversity and using it as a catalyst to find solutions to social problems in many ways. So I, I guess if you've seen problems happen in the world, you can be part of a solution, um, in some way. So if you're seeing something in the media that upsets you, you don't have to let that 
you know, define you. You can actually say, wow, I've seen this problem. Let's do something about it. Or I want to be part of that solution. So I think a, a good way to bring purpose into your life is to not just look at problems and say, oh my gosh, that's terrible. But actually look at a problem and say, wow, what can I do about it? And start to prototype, maybe go through a design thinking process, you know, and, 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 and even just in a, in a sprint mode to say, here's a problem. Okay. What do I want to do about it? And in its most basic sense, problem, here's some ideas about what I could do. And that's probably a really good place to start in terms of thinking about how you could shift your mindset or what you could do next with your life. Yeah. And I think on that note, it's, it's often about a problem that you're facing and that you're struggling Absolutely. to get over as well. And I, I know that the Uncomfortable is Okay podcast was <laughs> born out of that for me as well. And, and the work that I do with people at the moment around uh, kind of increasing, uh, getting better at doing the hard stuff that makes life exciting, but also um, performing under pressure as well is that that was something that I struggled with and it's been a, a real sort of passion and purpose of mine over the last four year, four-ish years to start to learn more about that but also to teach people about it as well and kind of when, you, awesome. when you're doing this stuff, it doesn't always feel like work. Mm. Sometimes it feels like work <laughs> but more often than not it doesn't. Um, which is which is really is really interesting. So yeah, I think with with looking at those problems, it's sometimes it can be about problems that you see out there, which is which is great in terms of kind of the environmental stuff. There's so many people uh, who are super passionate about that that I that I speak with, um, but it can also be problems that you're facing down as well. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Especially in your own environment, your home environment. It could be, you know, anything that you're even facing, uh, literally anything, emotionally anything you've got going on in your own personal life or relationship that you're part of or, or, or in or, yeah, literally anything. Mm. Totally with you. Tommy, how much does Iman scare you? Is there a is there kind of a fear element around it as well? You're like, this is cool, but it's also super scary. Nobody's ever asked me that yet, Chris. <laughs> I'm interested to hear your answer then. Everyone's only ever said, you're so brave. Look at you taking on this big, gigantic task. It scares me a lot. Um, it scares me a lot because it is a very big task that I am doing. And I front this thing with a very brave face every single day. Um, it is huge. It is the biggest thing that I've ever taken on. It is like trying to solve a whole bunch of crises that young people face all across New Zealand and trying to solve many complex problems with a what I would describe as a groundbreaking solution. I mean, you think three years of thinking and hard work into us into a a a an organization you would expect it to solve at least a few problems yeah. right it's not something you just go to bed with and wake up and think the next day oh this solves problems so you know yeah you're trying to solve a lot of problems um you know with this organization so it scares me a lot and at times you fall into the trap of thinking i'm not good enough to do this um in fact that happens all the time 
and I am, you know, it's it's crazy to think that I'm often somebody who's coaching other people and saying, you know, you're you're more than good enough to do this, especially when they're trying to trace their dreams and their ambitions. I'm often the one that's giving them the pats on the backs and coaching them through design thinking and innovative um, processes in order to to build great concepts and great ideas and launch them off the ground um, and being with them to support their ideas. Um, my background's in sales and recruitment and <laughs> building out programs. So you can expect that they come to me with, you know, ideas and support for those things. Um, but yeah, it's interesting because when you actually go out on your own to build something, um, quite often you do actually lack that support. Um, yeah. So I think being an, an owner or an operator within a, a, a Business, I'm sure, can be quite a lonely thing to do um, for a whole lot of people. And I think I've moved into a place where I'm now suddenly more often than not experiencing that. Mm. Yeah. And I think probably for you, and I think everyone goes through this at at some point when when they are doing something new is that kind of I'm not good enough stage or that imposter syndrome. Uh, or imposter complex or however you, you talk about it is like, can I really do this? Can I really pull this off? For you as well, because this is something that is completely new as well, it hasn't been done anywhere else, that's got to be quite challenging. Who do you go to for support in those situations where you're really starting to question yourself and question your ability here? Yeah, um, I will be honest. It's not all I, doom and gloom. Like there is, there is some people. Um, what I have started to do more so recently was um, develop sort of an advisory council. You could say it started off to be quite ad hoc, and over the last six months, it's become a whole lot more formulated. And what I've found is that over the last, you know, in the first two years. There was five, six, seven, maybe even eight people that I'd started to have conversations with about what I was doing, um, who were very senior to myself in terms of their experience and the things that they had done at board levels of different charitable trust and philanthropy, uh, philanthropic organizations, sorry, um, you know, different people within business. And, um, they keep coming back and they kept asking more questions and showing such intense interest. And I was just like, wow, I did not expect that. Like they just genuinely really wanted to help and see this go in the right way. Um, so in a very ad hoc way that started to um, formulate a really good advisory council. And I honestly have to say without that support, I don't know if I would be where I am right now with Iman. Because that was the glimmer of hope that I needed in those moments. It was some people that were very senior to me who had walked the talk and been through all these emotions just keep coming back to me and saying, what you're doing is amazing. I want to see this succeed. And even if it was that half an hour or an hour of time that they gave me, it made a world of difference. 
And I really wanted to bring this up, Chris, because I guess if anyone is watching this show and they are in those positions where they have walked the talk and they have got into that stage where they have got a lot of um, business experience behind them, is just remember that those 30 minutes or those or that hour or whatever it is that they give of their time to somebody just coming up with great ideas that could make a difference in the world, it really does make a difference. And it is, in in, in many instances, a make or break moment um, for those people. Mm. And it's a, a very inspirational moment for them. And it can keep them going. So please keep doing that. Um, and that's definitely what's gotten me through for sure. Yeah. And I, yeah, I completely agree with that and, and very much second it. Having <laughs> been on the receiving end of a couple of those conversations as well as, um, yeah, it just, it just does keep you going and it kind of lifts you up and, and unlocks new ideas for you as well for Absolutely. ways that you haven't been, maybe that you hadn't seen because you were looking through a certain lens. And I think what's what's also interesting and what's cool as well is that you and I are kind of probably both in similar situations is that we still go to it, go to people for this advice. But actually we're at the point as well where we can be that person for someone else. A hundred percent. And that's what I think has also taught me to continuously give to others who are also you know, coming up as well. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think that's the way that, you know, Kiwi business works. And mm. I think that's what makes us such a, such a special and unique place in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what, one of the cool things with giving to someone else as well is that it's awesome to see them succeed and achieve, but you actually learn a lot as well when you're the person giving that, that time and that advice I come away from some of the things and I'm like, actually, that was really, really interesting. Like that brought up something for me that I hadn't been aware of that now that's an idea that I'm going to go and explore a little bit deeper. Absolutely. Oh, yes. Yeah, it goes both ways. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah the innovation, the, 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 the fresh thinking, the mm. technical aptitude that comes out of, of others is just incredible. Yeah. How do you, how do you pick people? For your advisory council, um, is it a was it, is it a strategic process now? Really good question. Um, I wouldn't say it's more so strategic. More than anything, I think it comes from passion. I mean, yeah, I mean it's strategic in the sense that usually you know people have done something that's similar or in tune with with where Iman's going. So some sort of experience is, is helpful. Um, but a lot of it does come from passion, right? With what we're doing. And Ironman is very broad in what it's setting out to achieve. Um, and our mission is, you know, creating industry-led education that's free and accessible for every young New Zealander. I mean, you can't get much, you know, broader and bigger than that from a vision perspective for the country. Um, it requires a lot of help. <laughs> um, and there's ways that lots of people can get engaged and get involved. And we're, we're, we're looking into formulating processes and, and, and patterns for that, of course. Um, but in terms of, you know, advisory council, I mean, look, it, it has been quite ad hoc for now. I'm being honest with you. Um, but I think, you know, 
more recently, I, I guess using LinkedIn, I, I've been able to connect with people that have shared passionate posts about helping young Kiwis and have shared this mission in very articulate ways. Um, and they've been the people that I've really just approached and just said, wow, you know, it seems like there's some great alignment here for making a difference for people in our country. And I'd love to have a chat with you. And, um, yeah, that's really just gone really well. <laughs> awesome, man. And yeah, I think a cool thing about that has just been the openness to the opportunity there as well is that it's great to be strategic on, on some of this stuff, but I think if you get too strategic sometimes you hamstring yourself in terms of not seeing opportunities that, that pop up in front of you tommy what's the what's the next big challenge that you guys are facing yeah um i had a really good conversation um within a, an incredibly great passionate human who gave me some of his time recently again one of those um people wouldn't wouldn't quite you know, say, 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 say an advisor per se, but somebody gave me a bit of his time. And again, he gave me the best advice. And, um, you know, this, this person said to me, and I won't, won't name them just yet, but they were just like, you know, um, actually I will name him because he's just awesome. His name's David Downs and he's the general manager at NZTE. And he just said, you know what, this is such a cool thing. I'll give you half an hour of my time or whatever it was. He just said, you know, what? I'd love to have a chat with you. Um, just cause you know, it's awesome. It's cool. And, um, before I left the call, he goes to me, you know, I want to give you some some advice. And honestly, it was just what I needed to hear. And he just goes to me, you know, I, I think what you're doing is really cool. Um, my advice to you is work out just how you're going to get it to market. <laughs> and I said, David, that's just exactly what I need to hear. <laughs> so, you know, just the, that snippet of information was just um, really good. So that's my challenge right now, you know, is just... Um, how do I how do I get this thing to market? Like, what's what's the steps? And honestly, I don't know all, all the answers right now. Um, but what was really nice is just hearing that from somebody else to say what you what, what you're working on is really cool. And now let's just work on how you sort of get this to market. So um, it's about making the right relationships, working out how this is really going to help people. Um, what's the next steps? What's the action plan looking like? Um, yeah, so that's really exciting. So working on that step, formulating the right relationships, working out how we can really help mm. young New Zealanders or just New Zealand in general. Yeah. That's my next phase of action, and that's what I'm working on over the next three weeks. So, hey, look, if um, if you're listening to this and I can help you, sing out. I'd love to hear from you. <laughs> yeah, and I was just uh, I was just thinking, like, how could people best help you? Mm if they had the expertise at this point in time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> lots of ways. <laughs> um, honestly, I think for us, it's all about, you know, if you're, if you are, um, if this was meant to be a, a plug or something, it'll be, you know, if you're, if you're an organization and, um, you're passionate about making a difference for, um, for, for young New Zealanders, um, and you're working in the education space, I'd absolutely love to hear from you. Of course. Um, if you would like to see the product that we're working on, I'd, I'd love to hear from you because maybe there's a way that we can collaborate. Um, and I'd just love to hear your thoughts about what we're doing, of course. Um, and of course, for us, it's about how we work in conjunction with the government. I think that's a really important thing right now. So um, something I've learned very recently, it's not just a, a us versus government or us versus business or whatever else. It's actually New Zealand um, 
working with other New Zealanders and, and New Zealand working together in order to achieve the best outcomes. And that's what this organization is all about. And that's what we're trying to achieve. So, um, yeah, I guess when, when our website goes live in the next week or so, there'll be a way of you to directly get in contact with us. And I would absolutely love to hear from you about literally anything. And, um, we can book in a call and have a conversation. Um, let's absolutely do that and hopefully get the ball rolling. Awesome, man. And personally connecting with you, LinkedIn's the best place? A hundred percent. Yeah. If you'd like to have a chat with me, please connect to me on LinkedIn. Um, we can have a chat there, of course. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear your thoughts. I'd love to learn more about you and what you're up to, of course. Um, and of course, there's ways that maybe I can help you as well and, and we can have a, a discussion there and um, see what's going on. Awesome, Tommy. We've got one more question for you, but I just want to say please. thanks so much for sharing your time today. Um, but it's also thank you for thank you for the work that you're doing for a couple of reasons actually for one the outcomes that it's going to drive for young New Zealanders and for businesses in New Zealand thank you for the passion that you bring with it as well and the leadership that you show to a lot of people about following a passion and a purpose um, and thank you as well for being so honest about the challenges as well because everyone goes through stuff like this but not a whole heap of people talk about it so again yeah thank you for thank you for sharing that mate oh thank you so much chris and it's an absolute pleasure to to be here with you today man and thanks so much for having me on the show my pleasure buddy um final question do you have a challenge to leave me and the listeners with this week um yeah um the challenge would be to, um, I guess the question that you asked me earlier on the show around what my fears are, I think that was really powerful for me. Um, the reason why is I, I have literally had nobody ask me what, what, what your fears are around Omen. Like literally nobody in, in three years say, what's your greatest fears about Omen? It's crazy to think that. Um, but I, I, I just wanted to put a shout out out there and really just a challenge to, to anyone who's going on maybe a similar journey to mine or about to embark on one is that if, you know, maybe to pull out a pen and, and a piece of paper and just write down, you know, my fear is, and maybe it's about a venture or something in, in your life right now or about the job that you have, whatever it is, and just to write down um, what your fears are around the particular job that you have or particular aspect of your life is and just actually just write them down and just literally look at them in the eyes and just confront what those fears are and and just sort of become familiar with them and then maybe draw a line down the piece of paper and then just write down maybe jot down three or four bullet points about what particular solutions are to those fears that you face i think that could be a really simple exercise around how to overcome those fears um and I think if you do that, it could just be a little bit of a weight off your shoulder in terms of how you could potentially approach those fears in your mind. Um, and they might actually be more simple than you think. Yeah. Thomas Maharaj, thank you so much for getting uncomfortable with me today. <laughs> no worries, man. Appreciate it. There you have it, team. I hope you enjoyed that one. Uh, Tommy's a pretty inspiring guy with lots of big ideas and, and a great work ethic as well. So once I'm in comes out, 
make sure that you jump on on board and support it. Uh, it's a great initiative. For those of you who are interested, for those of you who are, who are finding things a little bit challenging at the moment, uh, I'm doing some work helping people perform better under pressure, uh, specifically related to how our work teams perform better under pressure. Um, so if that's something that you are interested in having a chat about, send me a message on any of the social media or, or send me an email, chris at chrisdesmond.nz. Um, would love to have a talk with you about how I could maybe help you and your team out. A couple of thank yous. Thank you to my brother Jeremy Desmond for the amazing theme music. Thank you to you guys for taking the time to get uncomfortable with Tommy and I today. And a big thanks to Jyland for your awesome editing skills, buddy. Uh, I know that you've been under a lot of pressure lately, so much appreciated, my man. Thanks, everyone, for getting uncomfortable with us this week.